Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Mañana. I'm Alex. This is Xavier. We're very excited to have you joining us on this brisk morning, but sunny morning here in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's a great day to get into wherever you are most comfortable you, you, watching today. You almost today, had Mariana. me there because you went like this, and I thought, I was, oh, I'm supposed to say my name. I said, no, he always says my name. <laughs> I always say <laughs> Just in case you, know, just, you never know, just, you forget. I wasn't you know? paying attention, so am I supposed to say something? <laughs> well, now you can say, how are you doing this morning? <laughs> how are you doing, Alex? How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You'd, actually, you'd also remind people what they're supposed to do during the show today. We forgot right. that in, yeah. the, uh, That's right. in the mic-only yeah. portion. Like, share, and subscribe. There you go. There you go. So be sure to be sure to do that. Send us any comments, questions you have. We're going to be joined by some fantastic guests in a moment. We're going to welcome Dr. Ed Castro and Kelly Tortas from Castro Integrative Medicine uh, to the show this morning. So we're really excited about that. Later in the show, David and I will talk some some finance. I know we'll talk a little uh, things you can do. Changes, IRAs, Roth IRA changes. Uh, different, you know, how much you can put in your four hundred one k has changed. Little, little tips. tips and tricks that. Uh, that, we, that we've thought of and that often come into play when yeah. we're sitting down with clients. So we'll, we'll have a little bit of that. Already got some great guests joining us. Uh, Monica Miller from Montana, going to be watching the show this morning. Dr. Elizabeth Irby watching the show this morning. So thank you both for joining us. So it's, uh, it's going to be fantastic. It's funny. Uh, we have kept the streak alive ever since Michael and I, three weeks ago, complained about... Um, UVA basketball on the losing streak. They have not lost. <laughs> have lost. So have they? Have they won any on the road though? They, they won on the road. They okay. did. They were, They did was, win one on the road. That was Achilles' heel. There. They did. So you know, Michael and I, because uh, well, I think it was a few weeks ago, we were sitting there saying, um, "Oh man, what would we do to add a little to the beginning of the show?" And we're like, "Oh, we'll just talk a little UVA basketball." But of course, they had like lost three in a row. <laughs> so Michael and I are, are sitting there saying, "Well, uh, you know, to do better." Struggling, and then since then they haven't lost. So that's always a welcome, uh, a welcome reprieve. Uh, of course, always like to thank our presenter, Emergent Financial Services, and our great partners: Matias Zion Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, Tesla Hill Cider, Forward Adelante, and of course, thank all of you for for tuning in this morning. So I don't know about you, but I'm I'm, I'm excited to I'm excited. To jump right I, in. Me too. I just want to learn more, much more about this. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're excited to welcome to the show this morning Dr. Ed Castro, the founder, and Kelly Tortas, integrative health practitioner at Castro Integrative Medicine. Uh, Dr. Ed, Kelly, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. So, Actually, we're allowed to say Buenos Dias, right? Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. In front of our Today y Mañana. I have to do the bilingual every once in a while. That's right. You know, so maybe to start, for those who haven't met you, maybe aren't familiar with Castro Integrative Medicine, maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves. Obviously, Dr. Ed, how you founded uh, the institution, and then Kelly, how you, how you came along. All right, well, integrative medicine, you could call it holistic medicine, you could call it alternative medicine. It's, it's medicine that's not conventional medicine. Mm-hmm. So these are treatments that conventional doctors don't do. Okay. And so um, my treatments are not FDA approved. So that sounds bad. But the reason they're not FDA approved is because they're not patentable. Uh, so it takes hundreds of millions of dollars to get FDA approval. And so it doesn't matter how good a treatment is. It matters if it's patentable. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of treatments that are very um, um, natural, holistic, uh, that promote health in an array of ways. They promote health. Uh, Conventional medicine uh, 
talking particularly about chronic illness, uh, have drugs that help reduce symptoms. Mm -hmm. And that's one way to go about it. I think it's better to address the reason the person has symptoms, to promote mm -hmm. the health exactly. Exactly. and recover from the condition. So like a, a real obvious difference between conventional and like what we do is autoimmune disease. So in conventional medicine, if you have an autoimmune problem, and there are dozens of autoimmune diseases, mm -hmm. uh, basically your immune system is the problem, so you suppress your immune system to get symptomatic relief, and you do, but that's at the cost of suppressing your immune system probably for a lifetime, so there are some risks with that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what conventional doctors don't know, probably don't believe, is that uh, there are treatments that improve immune functioning improve it, whether it's an autoimmune disease, whether the person has cancer, a chronic infection, or an acute infection. And so that's the kind of thing that we do. Okay. Uh, okay. So we see a lot of chronic illness uh, that's very common. Mold is common right now. Mm. Uh, chronic Lyme is common. And we see a lot of autoimmune disease as well. We see other things. We see cancer. Um, we don't treat cancer outright, but we support a person's immune system. Um, While they're... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and the treatments actually help, if they're doing chemo or radiation, helps chemo radiation work better and it protects them a little bit from it. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense. Uh, so oncologists don't know that, so they don't recommend it. Uh, but it's in the literature, it's in the medical literature. Mm -hmm. And so how did you first become interested in this field and, and decide to start yeah, I was, the, I was the institution? Yeah, I was a conventional doctor for 12 years. I was one of them. I was in conventional <laughs> medicine. I thought the way they thought. I did what they did. And um, I stumbled into a treatment, neurofeedback. Um, and I looked into it a little further, and I looked into it a little further. I decided, I think I'm going to do this, even though it was not FDA approved. Mm -hmm. um, and it opened up my eyes. It, it just blew the hinges off the door. Um, uh, example is, uh, I, was a, oh, I was a psychiatrist. I was a conventional psychiatrist. For those 12 years. And so an example of like what neurofeedback did is like uh, a child with ADHD, I could prescribe Ritalin and he could pay attention for a few hours. It didn't help anything else and it did hurt some other things. Mm -hmm. Neurofeedback, basically, uh, your brain regains its fine tuning that it was designed to have. So this boy not only paid attention, he quit wetting the bed, his anxiety resolved Mm -hmm. uh, he got better at soccer. Uh, basically, his brain was working the way it was designed to work. And so uh, that, I mean, like, what? You know, there's a treatment like this, and I never heard of it? So I looked for other treatments, and I found some. Um, chelation was one. Hyperbaric oxygen was one. Anyway, so then, lo and behold, there's a clinic in southwest Virginia that has an international reputation, and the, uh, the doctor at the clinic had an international reputation, and he was one of the experts in chelation. And so I went there and I said, would you train me? So he hired me, so I worked there for a while. So that's where I learned a, a lot of the treatments, and um, so, I, I acquired other treatments over time. And Kelly, how about yourself? How did you uh, first come to join the, the team? Or? I wouldn't leave him alone. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I had kind of started my own um, business myself um, taking on some patients or they're supposed to be called clients and you're not an MD mm -hmm. and um, was enjoying that but wanted to learn more wanted to work with someone and be able to have that partnership and offer more opportunities to 
people for their healing. And so I went to ask him what he did, loved it, and kind of kept showing up until they hired <laughs> me. <laughs> no, it was uh, serendipitous. My head nurse, Ashley, had been telling me for some time, um, you know, you need to give patients more information on how to do this stuff. You know, I'd tell them about nutrition or diet in addition to the treatments. And uh, she said, you know, you need to maybe, you know, give handouts or something. So Kelly comes in, I mean, and she is like a font of information about diet and nutrition in detail. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's not my style. <clears throat> and so she can help people kind of with, with the very practical part of it as well. Like if you're eating and you want to improve your diet, uh, you may not want to start what a really good diet is. And she can help you kind of gradually make better choices so you end up with a really good diet. And it was an easy trip for you because of her knowledge of diet, nutrition, and yeah. And so uh, she compliments me really well because <laughs> I wasn't doing that, you know. Well, what I was going to say was, um, so, you know, my, my parents and, and my, my wife's parents, you know, my wife's parents grew up in, in Italy and my parents in Spain. And I remember my grandparents, whenever they were ill, they would go to the herbologist, right? So they go to, and, 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 and I, I've been there, and have like, there was a small place, but they got herbs all over the place. So you just tell them what you, you know, what your ailments were, and they go there and they take two or three herbs and say, here, you know, put it, you know, makes your tea, and, and boom, that's, and my grandfather never, ever went to a doctor. And it was un unbelievable. He never went to a doctor and passed away. I think it was like 84, 85 years old, you know. But it's so uh, my, I guess my question to you is, is that part of what you do is try to find, you know, you know that which nature has given us to help your body? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, all drugs used to come from uh, plants. Uh, they'd find the active ingredient. They'd tweak it. They'd put it in a drug. Right. Um, when, in fact... Uh, the, the plant material often worked at least as well or better and didn't have any downsides, didn't have any risks. Uh, that's not the way things were made. But no, we try to get people on track with the things that promote health in a natural manner exactly. that exactly. have basically no risk. Well, very, very low risk. Very, very yeah. low risk. Yeah. Unlike drugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean... I, like you mentioned, sometimes I think people can be a little standby. This is not FDA approved, but if you've ever bought like a probiotic jar or even like, um, what's the one, um, uh, airborne, you'll notice on the little airborne thing, it says this product is not FDA approved. It doesn't mean that taking airborne is bad for you. It just means airborne is vitamin C was in no one's interests to spend millions of dollars to get vitamin C FDA approved. <laughs> right, right. We so could go down a rabbit hole of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> in other words, like, there are lots of things out there that you can do for yourself which say on the bottle, this is not FDA approved. But it doesn't mean the FDA looked at it and said, oh, this is bad. I have to give it the stamp of unapproval. It just means no, it wasn't in anybody's financial interest to go and spend the time and the money to get it patented and therefore FDA approved. So what, what would you say are some of the major treatments that people, it sounds like obviously chronic pain is a significant one. Mm -hmm. What are the typical, if there is such a yeah, thing, yeah, there's or, a, or such a thing as a typical yeah. treatments that, that you kind of specialize in or that people often come into you for? Yeah, um, a lot of the treatments we do are intravenous. Um, ozone, ultraviolet blood irradiation, that's an extraordinary treatment. 
we do EDTA chelation that treats cardiovascular disease. We do high-dose vitamin C. That supports cancer patients in particular. Mm. We do some other IVs. Those are the main ones. Um, I, uh, I, I inject ozone and uh, umbilical cord products like into joints to regenerate tissue. That's one of the nice things. Um, several of the treatments we do help people avoid surgeries. So it's not uncommon. Someone comes in bone on bone, you need knee replacement. Mm -hmm. They do a series of injections. They grow cartilage, and you know they really don't need the, the surgery. They don't have pain or way reduced pain. Mm -hmm. uh, people can also avoid stents and bypasses with the EDTA chelation. So, um, so and so these are treatments. So, so the range of symptoms that people come in for is is obviously pretty vast. Then we tend to see people who have come have gone through the traditional allopathic medical system and right. are sick of taking certain medications. Mm -hmm. They want to get off them. They're not seeing relief. Things continue to progress. And so we see people with a huge range, but oftentimes I feel like when they come to us, they're like, you're my last hope. They're looking, they're really kind of looking for, mm -hmm. I want something else. I know I need something else. And I've tried, they've tried so many different things. Right, and so right. they're a little bit more open to these non-FDA approved things. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. yeah so, so is it possible sometimes, you know, you, you're given so many drugs for a particular, you know, uh, ailment that you may have, that the drugs themselves are then causing other issues in your body? And, and do you find that maybe sometimes it's like, well, you got to get rid of all these other drugs and focus on... Drugs. Medicines, Tamper. I shouldn't say drugs. You know, yeah. <laughs> Medicines, yeah. Uh, medications. <laughs> Tamper with your biochemistry to reduce a symptom or to change a number like your blood pressure. Right. And, and they don't fix it. That's why you're on that right. blood pressure medication the rest of your life. For the life, rest of your right? life, exactly. That tampering is not just what it does. It, it, that tampering affects other systems, always. Um, and when you notice that, those are called side effects. Those are direct effects from the drug. Um, and so our opinion is yeah, try to get off the drugs if you can. And often you can um, also, my strong opinion is if you take a drug and it's not helping, don't take it. It's not doing you any good exactly. at all. Exactly. You know, if your child has ADHD and you give them Ritalin and it doesn't do any better, don't keep them on it. Uh, it doesn't, it, it has no value. Yeah. Well, so, I, always, yeah. I always find it interesting, you know, like you, you watch television and have a commercial on some particular drug and, and say, this will help you with this, that, or that. And then, and then <laughs> later on it tells you, and you can have the following, right? <laughs> and and, it, takes, really and it takes about 20 minutes to tell you what, you, what the side effects may be, and one of them may be death. And I'm just like, wait a minute, so I can either live with whatever I have or I can die. It's like, yeah, so. that, that list that they talk about isn't something like headaches or something. It's these awful things. Exactly, exactly. Bone marrow suppression. You know, uh, what? <laughs> well, we're one of the only countries, we're one of the few countries that actually allow advertisements for prescription drugs like that. So there's, you know, there's an interesting yeah, that happening yeah. play there. The pharmaceutical yeah. industry sends, spends $6 billion a year marketing. Wow. What does it make? I mean, that's why. They, I mean, they spend all these billions to get the drug, right? They have to make sure it sells. Absolutely. Otherwise, they're not yeah. making yeah. Their, yeah. their money yeah. back. They have to try to create demand in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Got a couple um, uh, viewers watching. Linda Lentner, thanks for watching. Lucrecia Morales says, saludos amigos. Buenos dias, mm -hmm. Lucrecia. Vanessa Parto has a, has a great comment that I think kind of makes me think of a question. Uh, she says, I have family members who seek out the services uh, that you're offering. They tell me that many top athletes, celebrities, and those with means to pay out of pocket um, for use a lot of these treatments and, and plans. But she says what, uh, she, what people have run into is, unfortunately, a lot of health insurance 
won't cover preventative measures that don't involve traditional medicine? Is that something you've encountered? Oh, of course you not. Encounter? Of course mm-hmm. not. They don't pay for anything that I do. Uh, why do people come in and pay out of pocket? Because these treatments work. Um, you know, and, and my patients aren't necessarily all that well off. Mm-hmm. It's an investment in their health. Mm-hmm. I've had people tell me, and like, I didn't know if I should do this. It's, you know, paying, end up paying you a couple thousand dollars over time. And then they come back and say, I would have mortgaged the house if I had known yeah. that I would get mm-hmm. this result. Yeah. And so it makes all the difference in the world. Um, this, this practice that I have is the fantasy that I had when I went to medical school of what being a doctor would be like. You know, I thought I was going to learn some really good treatments and help people, and they would like the treatments and like, you know, I thought it would be, and it wasn't. It was like, wait, this is what we do all day long? This is what we're doing? That's partly why I went into psychiatry, because it just seemed maybe more interesting. And, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, you know, what I was going to say also is, you know, it's funny how human nature is, right? Because if there's something wrong with your car, you take it to the mechanic, and the mechanic says, well, you know, this is the problem, and it, you know, it's going to cost you $800, $900, and you go... Okay, let's do it, right? But it comes to our bodies like, well, if it's not covered by insurance, why should I do it? Well, because yes. maybe the insurance, right, is not covering the right, you know, what you really need. And if you're going to spend a thousand dollars, two thousand on you, I mean, what better than spending in your own body to make you feel better, right? Once you have someone come in and they've been through all of that, and their health is that, that becomes the top concern. Yeah. And I will say too, we do a lot of work. Obviously, we have a lot of things in-house that we can do, but a lot of the work that we do is educating so people know what they can do at home, and we try to help fit their budget, too, so they can find the most accessible way to get the treatments that they need. So that's a big part because we don't want to turn anybody away. Um, So we always do the best we can to give them the tools so that at least they can make better decisions in their everyday life, and then we've always got the resources, you know, in-house for them to take advantage of. Uh, That's what's important. Let me say, too, about that non-FDA-approved thing. To get FDA-approved, those studies have to be huge Mm -hmm. and last a long time. Uh, All of my treatments have uh, a lot of scientific validation. Uh, A couple of the treatments, uh, for instance, ozone, it's been around over 100 years. Uh, the scientific database in Europe on ozone is bigger than any drug. So it's not like I'm winging it. This is something I read online. I'm going to try it on my patients. No, these are all well-established. There are usually journals that are peer-reviewed. The studies in them are not the size of the drug studies, of course, but there are studies, and they're valid. And so it's not like, you know, we're guessing. This is... uh, and, And clinical outcomes over time tell you a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which it's funny because often those aren't used because you've got those big double-blind trials, but like sometimes there's also something to be said for like, yeah, but this is what's actually happened when I'm mm-hmm. actually... They'll blow that off as yeah. anecdotal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Pat Cox, thanks for watching this morning. Rosalia de Rosalia Tordaro, thank you for, for, for joining us this morning. So what, what would you say is the typical process? So someone comes in and, you know, they, might, they may have tried other methods to deal with what their, their issue is. They come in and say, okay, I, I, need to, you know, I need some help with this. What's typically the process of beginning to work with you? Yeah, we, you know, we do a workup just like any physician does. We do a history, a physical exam, get labs if necessary. Okay. And, then, and then we go after their problems with the treatments that we think are going to be most beneficial. Mm-hmm. Give them, uh, they're, they're, it's not like there's one treatment for things. Yeah. Often there are several. So right. we give them uh, options um, and so they can choose. Some, like the IVs, you've got to come into the office. And if you're living in 
you know, far away. It's not so easy. But we do. the treatments we offer aren't all that really available elsewhere. We routinely get patients in from Roanoke, Richmond, Northern Virginia. Maryland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a couple guys still following me from South Carolina. I tell them, you can do this treatment closer to yourself. <laughs> it's going to work. But it's a trust factor. Yeah, it's a trust factor, like, absolutely. Like, they have confidence like in you. Where you're, especially yeah. you're working with something so close to you as your health, yeah. there's an important trust yeah. factor there. Well, one of the differences, too, I think, from traditional allopathic, what they've maybe experienced, too, is when he's talking about the intake, it's a, it's a lengthier intake process, too. We oh, spend yeah. a lot of time with our patients. We and, do it together. Mm-hmm. Mm, and yeah. so they've got both of us in the room taking, we give them extensive notes, you know, we're following up and giving them all the information, but we're digging into that history. And sometimes that's hugely therapeutic, I think, for people out there. They've Mm -hmm. been through all these different doctors who don't connect the dots, and then they're getting to say, I mean, some people bring a list and go, when I was seven, this happened. We're like, maybe we don't need that, but we'll take it. It's it's helpful. And they kind of go, and they get to unload all that, and we can connect those dots for them. So it's a little bit, it's a good deep dive. Yeah. Yeah. Another area that Kelly's been sort of golden for this, um, she takes notes and sends people, uh, you know, a summary of everything. Because I'll typically go over five treatments, and the person's overwhelmed by the end. Because right. I explain the treatments, because I want them to know why I'm... And at some point, it's kind of like, okay. And, but then she'll take the notes, summarize everything, and then that works so much better. Mm-hmm. When you go home and you're not thinking, what did he say? <laughs> yeah, you're able to kind of think about it a little more... And then sort and you of can look into it too. Mm-hmm. You can then do your own search. You know. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you know, interesting. One of the things, and my wife always complains about this, and and, it, and she's right. You know, you go to a traditional doctor, right? You go in there, they're not really interested. What what what's your ailment? Okay, no problem. Yeah, take these pills or take this or whatever, and, and literally within ten minutes you're done, right? Mm-hmm. It's like no time. They don't have time for you to explain and talk a little about how you know how you begin to feel. What makes you feel this way? How you know how it comes about during the day, and then and and you know she used to have um, I figure what was uh um in in Carmel um but anyway a naturopath a naturopath and yeah. she and she would take one hour right and just go with her go over and try to figure out you know what was the best path for her right and it made her feel good because somebody's listening as opposed to all right I got it no problem here take this to the pharmacy we're good to go and it's like what is this what am yeah. I taking so I Th- think those people doctors feel- don't like doing that that's the way the insurance company mm-hmm. has created their world right mm-hmm. uh, you know you're a follow up I got seven minutes don't ask me any questions certainly don't show me any internet articles <laughs> uh, just answer my questions uh, let me write the prescription, and I'm off to my next seven-minute appointment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, uh, that they wouldn't do it that way if they had a choice. I don't. Yeah. Think. Well, I remember, it, and this was in the, again, in, in when I lived in California. I, I usually don't go for checkups. I don't. I don't. I don't like them. I don't believe them. And I said, when I'm when I'm sick, I go to a doctor. But my, my wife said, no, you got to go. You got to go. So I go to a doctor. He goes, why are you here? I said, well, literally, I'm truly I'm here because my wife sent me. So I do the whole checkup. He did everything. And then finally, you know, I did all the blood work, and I said, the guy hasn't called me back. So finally I said, you know, you know, are the results in? Oh, yeah, yeah, come in, come visit the doctor. I go, and I had them send me. So I had read the whole thing, and I'm waiting, waiting. As the doctor says, you're in good shape. I said, oh, really? I said, did you see my cholesterol? Because I've had high cholesterol since I was like a little boy, right? And my whole family has it. But I just want to see what he said. He said, oh, well, let me see. I said, so you didn't read it? He goes, oh, I'm taking a look at it now. So well, what's the point? I come in here, I waste my time, because I, I was working there, I waste my time, I come in here, and you haven't looked at it yet. And it's like, 
Yeah, yeah. I'll well, give sure you some enough, pills. I said, I'd, Lipitor, I think, right? <laughs> I'll give you some pills. I said, no, I don't want pills. I just wanted to see if you had seen it or not. Because every single doctor says, oh, your cholesterol. That's another thing, too, that differentiates is that we look at labs, even we use these mm-hmm. tools, but they look different to us. We look at them from what we call like functional levels. So if you want to explain further. Well, um, medicine doesn't have a, a definition for health. Uh, and they don't really have uh, protocols to promote health. They'll say, uh, keep your weight down, uh, keep, watch your cholesterol. Um, so a lot of labs have an optimum range. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you're in the average range doesn't mean that's a good idea. Uh, so, you know, we check to see where you are in your normal uh, range and, and, and let you know, no, you want to you move this in the other direction uh, much more to get the benefits of it. Right. So, um, you know, we're about promoting health. And so you can optimize things. Like a lot of the nutritional um, uh, requirements uh, that conventional medicine uses is to avoid a disease. Like take enough vitamin C to avoid scurvy. Okay, that's 90 milligrams a day. There are extraordinary benefits from taking more vitamin C. Uh, But no thought about that. It's... You don't have scurvy, you're fine. Uh, so, yeah. No, is it good to get some of these vitamins through what we eat as opposed to taking pills? Oh, that's the way you get oh, that's nutrition. Way, okay. yeah. uh, supplementation is not the way to get nutrition. You, you can support and tweak and help things, and then you can get some things that you're not going to get in a good diet. There's no way you can eat enough vitamin D. No way to get an optimal level. Actually, the same thing with vitamin C and iodine, unless you eat seaweed. And magnesium. Magnesium has become uh, so uh, rare in foods now that that's one that's kind of necessary to. So you can support things, but right. as far as basic nutrition, eat a good diet. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a very nutritious diet. Mm-hmm. Now, is it? Oh, you have a question. Oh, sorry, I have an audience question. Oh, okay. So oh, that's Kevin Higgins watching today, and I think he's asking this because obviously you're past both in psychiatry and yeah, yeah. well. He says, "What are your thoughts on the impact mental health?" has on physical health, I think in particular from the isolation people may have experienced, you know, pandemic and the year afterwards. What? Well, that, that isolation was pretty profound. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty obvious in every area they've looked at from the way children have performed in yeah. school to uh, rates of depression and suicide. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess his question is, is there a significant impact that mental health then has on, on the physical health? Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, oh, certainly. Well, stress in any form uh, has detrimental effects in every system. Every system. So when you're under stress that you're not dealing with well, your immune system's not working as well. Uh, everything, you know, and, and certainly it affects. Uh, it's not uncommon for us to have someone who's, you know, they've been through this, through everything, and they're, they've got the diet. They're doing the treatments, doing all these things, and we're going, what is the missing piece? What are we missing? And then you dig a little deeper and you go, oh, my gosh, your nervous system, you're going through a lot or you've been through a lot or, you know, we just need some work there. And that can be what's caused, no matter how well all the other ducks are in a row for their health, That's that can be a what? huge impacting piece. Interesting. Provi Garcia Sedarra, thank you. Uh, muchísimas gracias from Spain, watching the show this morning, joining <laughs> us. You, you had a question before. Uh... Yeah, I forgot the question. But, oh. uh, no, but... <laughs> But, oh, yeah. So my question was, one of the things that I always read now is that 
the nutrition that we get from the foods we eat or is not what it used to be, um, um, maybe because of how it's grown, because of the chemicals that we put to grow. To grow. So would you typically recommend people to kind of lean more towards like an organic a product if that was available to them? Always. Um, what a lot, of, a lot of people know about Roundup, mm-hmm. yes. how it's sprayed on everything, yep. and glyphosate is the thing in Roundup. Uh, what most people don't know is that glyphosate was first FDA approved as an antibiotic. So when you eat conventional food, you're eating antibiotics. And I think we all know at this point, mm-hmm. the regular use of antibiotics has the damaging effects exactly. on the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. Same thing with animals. Um, uh, if, you eat, if you eat meat and uh, dairy. Um, if the animal's healthy, the products are good for you. But conventional animal, the way they're grown and fed, they're not healthy. Uh, and 80% of the antibiotics that are produced every year, and that's a ton, uh, are given to the animals, to the animals. that we eat. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant onslaught of, to our microbiome from the antibiotics. So, yeah, if you can eat cleaner, work on it. I mean, if you go out to eat, that's going to be hard. Uh, sure. And, and, and organic... Uh, uh, regulations get softer and softer. Really? To help. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To more big um, companies become. Yeah. I mean, we saw it in California even. I mean, by the time Earthbound Farms, you know, they had the little stand, but then yeah. one day we're driving in California and you look and you see this massive industrial complex and we're like, what the heck is that? And you're Earthbound Organic Farms, mm. right? As <laughs> yeah. you're saying, yeah. okay, yeah, it wasn't really the little stand that you thought it was. It was actually a very large. You can label your food uh, organic if it's 90% of it is organic. And if it's made with organic ingredients, 70% needs to be organic. And so, you know, if you're a big outfit like that, you take advantage of that. Sure. You got 90% and you add the 10% conventional because it's cheaper. Yeah. Of course. uh, Of course. Yeah. 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 Eat clean if you can. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Keep growing my vegetables then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. You said it. So, I mean, this has been just so uh, so eye-opening and really uh, I've learned a lot. If people are interested and said, okay, okay I want to find out more, I want to I want read Dead Out, read Dead in Touch, what's the best way to find you guys and, and get in touch with uh, your industry, your yeah. practice? Well, you can give us a call. Um, I don't have our number memorized, so we'll make I sure. I do. Like, oh, you do. 434-956-4100. <laughs> there you go. And you can also check out our website, www.c. IMCville.com. Oh. We just updated that. So. Very easy. CIMC is for Castro Integrated Medicine. Yep, CIMCville.com. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, Dr. Ed, uh, Kelly, it's been such a pleasure. Absolutely. It's been wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's great oh, to know. It's always nice when somebody's interested in learning a little more about. Oh, this is fabulous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, is, is. So really this is the way medicine should be, to be. I mean, this is the way it should be first. When you don't feel well, go to a traditional. Try to figure out how to make yourself better in a traditional way, right? And granted, I mean, there are times where you just, there's no doubt about it, you're going to need the regular you know, doctors and surgeries and things of that sort, and I understand and that. once you're better, how to stay better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, being staying healthy is the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you both. Stress. Thank you so much. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Buen día. Muchas gracias. Muchas You see, this is why we just love this show. No, it's true. <laughs> so and, much. And, you know, just learned. So you know, you you and and obviously you know, um, mommy is 
always been on organics ever since you guys oh, were a little yeah, kid, I right? Remember. And and so you read about it and you learn things and you know that, you know, when, when especially like you go to Spain or you go to Italy and the food that you eat, it just tastes, it tastes wonderful, it tastes great, right? And you say, why is it that this tastes so different than in America? And it's because here we try to produce so much so fast that sometimes the quality that we get isn't quite the same, right? Absolutely. And, and, and let's, let's be honest, that's what you put into your body. Your body then produces whatever it produces based on what the intake is, and sometimes it's not so good, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. you know, if, I think more and more people, if they literally, little by little, wake up to the fact that, you know, what you put into your body truly is so important, it you know, it does matter, it does you know, matter. and maybe, you know, when you're young, you feel like you're invincible, but then all of a sudden you, you get into later, you know, ages in life and it's mm-hmm. like, you got this ailment or that ailment or this happening and you see, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's based on well, what you had. Even last week, uh, Ben from Greenbrook Farms, when he, our guest last week, oh, yeah. he had said, remember he had read about Joel Salatin at Polyface Farm. All right. right. And of course, and if you read Joel Salatin at Polyface Farm, right, you learn, you realize what has happened to the food that we exactly. consume. Exactly. Right? And, and the lack of quality yeah. that is there. And yeah. so, and how important it is what you put into yourself. I mean, it makes, what Dr. Tesser just said, it makes complete sense, right? If you're eating an unhealthy cow, yeah. is, is its meat going to be very good for you? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, which, which, which made sense. Um, I did want to um, read it's a shame. Um, right after we uh, close the interview, uh, Linda Lettner writes um, Dr. Castro's care helped me become functional again after struggling with chronic illness for years. I'm so grateful it was worth the travel and the money. Thank you, Dr. Castro. So, got some, some people tuning in that uh, have benefited from That's there. Uh, Randy O'Neill, thank you for watching the show this morning as well. Appreciate uh, everyone who, who's tuned in so far this morning. No, it's great. I mean, this is great. Like, like I said, I remember, you know, um, you know, Jan going in, uh, in California and, you know, her, how she felt was so much better, you know, after going to um, uh, the homeopathic one, you know. I mean, and, uh, I've seen it myself. It's true. You don't go to the chiropractor, right? That's, that's one of the big things I do. You go to the chiropractor, right? And, yeah, you sit there and you're like, $48 five minutes right that's not my health insurance won't cover it right but i feel you don't amazing, yeah. you feel good your back yeah. is better you're functioning better so it's like why would i not pay why would i sit there and say ah i'd rather save the 48 dollars and be miserable well, you know, or, or just take you know constantly take you know whatever you know aspirins or something aspirin because i got a pain yeah but the pain. time you buy Constant yeah. Tylenols. I mean, you, yeah. you buy a bottle of Tylenol, and it's not $30. good for you. I mean, it's not good for you. I mean, granted, once in a blue moon, you take a, an aspirin or an Advil or whatever it may be. That's that's fine, but you don't want to be living on on things of that sort. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's just the yeah the importance of wellness. Eduardo Castro. And speaking of wellness. Yeah. Financial wellness. Financial wellness is so, so important. Is something we're actually January yeah, the was so, Financial so, Wellness Month. I discovered. My, uh, yeah, oh, really? my, uh, Dr. Was last Elizabeth Erpe, yeah, Dr. Elizabeth Erpe had reminded me that last month was financial wellness. I'll month. have to remember that next year. I'll have to remember that next year. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? So, and, 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 you know, um, Dr. Eduardo Castro mentioned this, right? And so did uh, Kaylee. Um, stress, you know, and we don't, you know, the problem with stress is that you don't really see how it impacts you, right? Yeah. But little by little, it tears you apart one mm-hmm. way or another, right? There's always something going on. And we don't know how it works. I mean, I, I mean, we, I don't know how it works, but the more stress you are over time, mm-hmm. that does have something to do with how you feel, right? 
And so one Absolutely. of the things that is important is, you know, how do I avoid being stressful about my finances, mm-hmm. right? And so finance is a major source. Yeah. I think there's been studies that it's one of the major sources of stress. Well, absolutely. And, and you can understand, you know, whether we like it or not. I mean, we go to work to earn a living, right, so that we can provide for ourselves and hopefully someday also provide for our retirement, right? So there's, there's a whole stress level there of, you know, especially if you have a family, you have kids, do I send them to college? Can I afford to send them to college? Do I mm-hmm. let them take out a loan? That loan is going to be very painful for them in the future. So all these decisions are constantly being made by parents, right? Mm-hmm. And so from a perspective of the, you know, the finances, you know, it's always good, just like when you go to a doctor for a checkup and just see how you are, how you're feeling, how, how, you know, how, how things are going, it's probably not a bad idea to kind of maybe approach sometimes a financial advisor and say, you know, I just want to see how I'm how doing. I'm am doing. I am I going in the right direction? Am I doing the right things? Am I budgeting properly? You know, and so to a certain respect, and we see that happen, you know, uh, all the time, right? And and it's good, especially you know, younger people sometimes feel like eh, I don't have enough money. It's not yeah. about having enough money. It's about you know making sure that you know you're aligning yourself. You're doing what's best for you, your mm-hmm. family, and your retirement, right? Um, to make sure that. Over time, those funds that you have, your savings you have, are growing properly, mm-hmm. and you can have some peace of mind. I'm exactly. not saying how, how often is it just? It's literally the peace of mind. It's that's literally, it. it's literally saying, okay, I don't. It's not as though I need to make major changes in my financial life, but I now have a plan. I know that what I'm doing will lead me on the right track, and if I keep doing it, I know that even in the worst case scenario. I'm in good shape. And that brings so much peace of mind oh, to people. We, we should all tell me. I remember last year the, 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 we had a client whose children paid for the financial plan so that their mother would feel good, right? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was beautiful. So that's, that's so wonderful because they realized how stressful she constantly was about her finances. Can, you know, can she retire? Can she not retire? And it was like, you, you, know, you need to do a financial plan mm-hmm. to see when you can retire and you know, you know, how soon you can retire. And, and what the retirement means, and exactly. it's and it's and it's that. I mean, so that's a that's the wellness we provide. That's, yep, that's the financial <laughs> wellness. You know. Exactly. And and on, on that topic, obviously, we like to. One of the things that I know is so hard on that topic is that people just there's always changing rules, changing regulations. You know, you you which we've talked about the last couple of weeks. You know, this time of year particularly, yes, you get absolutely. all these articles. You're going to get hit with this RMD. You're going to get hit with this tax. Do this. Change this. Five tips for the year that you have to do, right? And, exactly. and, and you're sitting there reading these, you know, five tips. And, of course, you get five tips from Fidelity, five tips from Schwab, five tips from Vanguard TD Ameritrade, five tips from Vanguard, right? And before you know it, I got 25 tips. Yeah. Which one do I do? Wait a minute, one set to do this, one set to do that. They're they're kind of contradictory. Exactly. This guy said to do a Roth conversion, but this guy said don't do a Roth conversion. (laughs) What do I do? So it's it's sometimes helpful to kind of simplify it and say, okay, what what are the things that you need to look at and be aware of that are changing in 2024? Exactly. And, and so, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, uh, mention to you talk about was the fact that, you know, the amount that you can save in your IRA and your simple plans or your 401ks have changed. And so mm-hmm. it's good for people to know that because I'm not sure how many people follow that, but, but well, certainly. And a lot of people may not be used to it. To, let's face it. I mean, what happens is a lot of the Roth IRA, IRA, simple IRA, 401k, a lot of these maximums that you can put in. They they change depending on 
inflation. So let's face it, for most of the 2010s, there was maybe one or two times that it changed. Many years it was the same as the previous year. It's really been the last few years that it has done up, I think, twice in a row now. Correct. So people may not be used to it actually changing. So what do you mean the maximum Roth IRA limit can change? Well, it it can change. It just needs, you know, there needs to be a cost of living adjustment, and that doesn't always happen. Because it only does it a little bit at a time. It's not like Social Security where whatever inflation was or whatever their inflation number that they used for that was, that's what Social Security is going to change. With IRAs, it either changes by 500 or it doesn't change. So it's, it's kind of an all or nothing. And so people may not be used to it changing. Yeah. And the other thing is the, you know, the catch-up, uh, right? Because I think mm-hmm. if you're 50 and over, you know, how many, again, how many situations you have a family where you know, they've, they've struggled to save because you know, they, they had children, mm-hmm. they, 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 they had the expenses with the children, whatever it may be. And finally, they're in their you know, early 50s, and it's like, okay, I, I, I now need to start saving for my retirement. I'm doing the best I can to maximize. And so recognize that once you're 50 and over, there are catch-ups, right? Even the IRA, like this year, you can put $7,000 away into an IRA or Roth, right? But the catch-up is another $1,000, right? You so, can put eight if you're over 50. Exactly. So that's important mm-hmm. because, you know, those, that, can, that can benefit a lot and, of people. And, and some of them are very significant. So I know, for instance, the, the IRA catch-up is $1,000. Right. The simple IRA, if you have a business plan, Right is thirty five hundred dollars right. is that catch up? Yeah. So I mean, some of these and a four hundred one k seven thousand even higher. Yeah, seventy five hundred. Yeah. yeah. So so all that and there's one thing I and and, and um, most people won't fall into this particular kind of and I don't, I don't want to call it a trap because it's probably not a trap but something to think about. Um, a lot of companies, as you know, match. Um, you know, let's say they match 4% of your salary as long mm-hmm. as you put that money into a, a, a 401k, right? What happens is there's a lot of people that say, okay, I want to maximize my IRA this year. And, you know, how much can I put away? $23,000. Okay, so I'm just going to, I'm going to take 25% of my salary because I want to maximize it as soon as possible. So by the time June comes along, mm-hmm. boom, they hit the 23000 mm-hmm. The challenge there is that you got to pay attention to your 401k and the language in there. Because many times, the company will only match as long as you're matching. So the minute you stop in your paycheck, they no longer match. Mm. So you only get, let's say it's June, you've only gotten 2% because they're, they're, they're 4% is based on your salary. So then you and, then put zero for the rest right, of the year. for the rest. Year. You're not getting the rest of the 2%. So, so the, the key is to, if you're one of those, be aware, look at the, look at the language of the 401k mm-hmm. and make sure that that's not the case, that yeah. they'll continue to well, contribute. Well, in other words, what, you need to make sure that basically that they're matching, you know, for instance, 2% of your annual salary based on your annual contributions. Not that it's 2%, but it has to be continued every single paycheck. Right, exactly, yeah. Exactly. So that's that's what's important, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that has happened to many, many people. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't get my other 2% or 1% or half a percent, whatever it may be, because I maximized before the end of the year. So mm-hmm. you yourself can say, okay, if this is my salary, if I want to put $23,000 away, you know, take that, divide it by the 12 months, and know how much percentage mm-hmm. you need to pay for paycheck. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I important. would say another thing for always people to be aware of is ask if you were interested in a Roth IRA, that's best for you, ask if there's a Roth 401k options. It's becoming right. increasingly common that there are Roth 
401k options if you're in a company. So you can, and that allows you to put, just normally a Roth IRA, you're maxed out at 7,000 now, exactly. right? You can do more than 7,000 in a Roth 401k. Right. The key thing to keep in mind is that if you do a Roth 401k, the match is not also Roth. So if you do a Roth 401k, you're going to end up with two accounts. You're going to end up with one piece Three that accounts. is your... Your, oh well, no, no, yeah, two, no, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. One piece, which is your Roth for your Roth contributions, in other words, the part that's been taken out of your paycheck. But what happens is that's not tax deductible on your part. But then the company match is not taxable; it comes straight out of the company. So what happens is that match can't be Roth; it can't be post-tax because the government side that money never got taxed. Going in, it needs to be taxed coming out. So what you end up with is you have your Roth 401k, but then you have your match which is basically in a, in a normal 401k tax status. So you end up with two different pieces. And it's important to know that because you don't have two different accounts. And then when you, you know, move them over in retirement or hit retirement, you want to know which one to take money out of. Yeah. And, and you can have three. What I was going to say is you can actually have three because think about it. I mean, if you're, depending on your salary, oh, you, you, might may, do some Roth, you might do some, some Roth. Yeah, because obviously there's a tax advantage, yep. right? So you might say, yeah, I'll, I'll take this tax advantage because it pushes me into the lower tax bracket, but the balance up into a Roth. So mm-hmm. now you've got three. Your, your, your 401k, that is an IRA. Your 401k, that's a Roth. And the company. And the uh, match yeah. for the Roth portion. So sometimes you'll see there's three, and you've got to remember that because mm-hmm. when you pull them, they are different. Yeah. Exactly. You have, yeah. to always, you have to always ask if you ever do a rollover. Make sure that you're going pre-tax to pre-tax, Post-tax Roth to, to Roth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to get hit with a, uh, yeah. an, an, un, an unpleasant tax bill. Yeah. And, and that's important. Yeah. And, and let's face it. I mean, the Roth account has been, I think, it's a, is a blessing, um, mm-hmm. especially – you know, we've always for said the that for, for young, well, for young, for young people, people that are just starting, mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the best way because, you know, the chances of you starting and really needing the tax benefit is probably low. Mm-hmm. So you might as well put into a Roth, right? That advantage is tremendous because mm-hmm. one, it can it, it can serve as a as a, an emergency fund. It can serve as a fund that eventually you can use to buy a house. It can serve as a fund for you if you have children eventually and you want to send them to college. So there's so much. There's so many options for that Roth account. And if you don't ever use them for anything like that, you use them at retirement. And like, like we said many times, once you pull the money out of a Roth at retirement, it's not taxable. Exactly. So it grows tax-free. It's not taxable. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great vehicle. Well, and the beauty is that you said the contributions are never taxable. Right. What you put into the Roth is never taxable. When you take it out. Yes. The, the earnings are, if you're not yet, 59 and a half. Correct. Right? But not the contribution. So it is really the ultimate form, especially because obviously we've talked many times about, you know, the homeownership challenges among younger people. You know, how hard it is to actually save that down payment. You have a, a vehicle here whereby you can save for a down payment. And basically, when you, when the time comes and you need the down payment and you have to pull out your contributions, you've still got a nice little chunk in there. That's for retirement. You can even tap 10% of the chunk, but you've got, if you don't want to tap any of your earnings, you have a nice chunk that now at least you, in that time period where you were saving for a down payment, you, you received tax-free growth exactly. in an account that will now will continue to be tax-free growth. So instead of saying, so in other words, if you saved $30,000 for a down payment 
And, you know, let's say you manage to, over a 10-year period, you got 10% on that. You got $3,000, right? Well, at least now, instead of when you pull out the $30,000 to put you down payment, you still got $3,000 that is going towards your retirement. You didn't go from $30,000 to nothing. You now have actually some kind of piece that can continue to grow for your retirement. For your time, that's right. So it's a beautiful tool to say, okay, I'm going to save for a down payment, but I this saving for a down payment will also kind of pay dividends towards my retirement. I don't have to choose between down payment or retirement. With a Roth, you can kind of do a little bit of both. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, you know, you put that money that's not in a Roth, and the drag because of taxes is mm-hmm. always there, right? Exactly. While in a Roth, that drag is not there, and it just, it just grows so much faster over time. You know, and that's the key. The, the key is is when you think of... It's the reinvestment of interest, right, mm-hmm. that really makes those funds grow, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're able to reinvest 100% of what you're earning back into the market as opposed to, you know, 70% or 80%, over time, that's just, mm-hmm. it's just dramatic. I mean, yep. you look at the charts, it's just, it's well, just incredible. The, the key to remember is the tax drag is, more than your, is greater than your tax rate because what happens is, let's say you're in a 15% tax bracket, right? You earn $100, 15 goes to government, 85 gets reinvested. The 85 earns interest, 15% goes to government, 85% gets reinvested. So when you calculate it over a 20-year period, the tax drag isn't 15%. No, it's It's great. much greater than 15%. It's compounded. But it's it's compounded, also compounded. It's the tax drag is compounded. Exactly. Yes. It's 15% compounded because you lost down on the 15%. They went to the government, but you also lost out on what that 15% could have grown the next year. Right. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's not that you sit there and say, oh, man, tax drag is 15%. No, tax drag is whatever your tax rate is compounded over however many years the drag is occurring. It's, so it's, it's, like, it's like inflation when people say, well, at least inflation is down to 3%. I said, yeah, but 3% is, is compounding on the fact that you had 9% inflation, 7%, 7% inflation. So, so all that is being compounded by the 3%. Well, I mean, when it's you not like it it's 9% up. and then it disappears. It, yeah. it goes back to zero and then we start again at 3 Well, you, and, it's that, and you can see it when you, when you go and look online and see what was $1 in you know, 29, what, in other words, what's, what was $1 in 2019 money? So $1 a day, how much was that in 2019 money? It's not, the dollar a day isn't 4% less because the current inflation rate is 4%. It's like almost 20% less because you had 9, compounded 7, compounded 4. Exactly. So by the time you go back, if you looked at what $1 a day was worth in 2019 money, one dollar a day is worth way less, and it's it's not four percent less; it's a lot less. It's a lot less, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the issue. That's uh, that's the challenges of numbers when they're mm-hmm. compounding forward. That's why inflation. When you, you when you run financial plans, inflation is the the greatest enemy to every financial exactly. plan. Right? That's expensive, right? but expenses you can control. Yeah, expenses you can control. But inflation, you have no control. Have no control. And when it gets out of hand, all of a sudden your financial plan mm-hmm. says, eh, you're not looking so good anymore. Exactly. You know? Well, that's why it's also important to keep in mind. We, we talked about this. Sometimes people will make fun of the small changes that you can make. So whenever people say, oh, you know, you can save $30,000 if you stip the cup of coffee over 50 years, right? And people will say, well, that's, that's nothing over 50 years. But I'm like, that assumes 
that the $5 cup of coffee is $5 every single week for 30 years. We all know that's not how it works. That's right. right. And when you do compound inflation, that $5 cup of coffee 30 years from now may well be $10, the way inflation works. I mean, inflation only... Well, let's, to, let's be honest. I, mean, I used to buy the, you know, that pumpkin latte thing. Yeah, that pumpkin spice to, latte. Which, which I, I don't buy anymore, but however... I mean, I, I used to spend like you know two dollars, two dollars fifty cents. Now it's over five dollars. So oh, it's, it's like, almost seven. One of them was in the airport with seven. Seven. So it's like you're looking, you go, wow. I mean, so if you did that every day, right? I mean, you went from two to five to possibly seven. That's just a, that's exactly. a lot of. Yeah, money. In other words, like you may sit there and say thirty thousand dollars in future money is is not a huge amount, but the future cup of coffee isn't $5. The future cup of coffee is probably 30 years from now. Even if you just had 3% inflation, a future cup of coffee is $10. It's more than that. It's more than that. It's more, in other words, yeah. it's at least $10. Yeah. And which is hard, just hard to wrap your mind around. Exactly. Right? You have to kind of, sometimes the way you can tell people is if you go backwards, right? You tell them that in 1940, an apple was 50 cents. And now you go in the store and apple's $3. They're like, whoa, that's it. How on earth? So, so think about this. In, in uh, so, what, what year was this? So, 19, 1967, 1968, right? I used to buy a loaf of bread every day before my parents came home. They used to give me the money, 25 cents. And, and we're talking about a baguette, right? Every baguette's over $3 today. Exactly. So, 25 cents at $3 since 1967. So, it's four times, times, three, so 12 times. It's yeah. basically 12. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's a small, right? Twenty-five yeah. cents to three dollars. Remember, twelve big times deal. is what one thousand two hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like so. Yeah. In other words, wh- where prices will be in thirty years is almost impossibly large to fathom. It's why sometimes you do, people get a little nervous, right? If you do a financial plan, <laughs> younger like, and a lot of younger clients, we do the financial plan, right? And you do the thirty-year projection, and they're like, "How are my expenses two million dollars a year <laughs> in thirty years?" And when I, it's it's not that you're spending too much money now; it's just that when you inflate yeah. over thirty years, your final number of expenses is two million. Obviously, your salary is going to be much larger as That's well. Right. But the point is that your final expenses look much larger. So little changes actually can have an impact because you have to account for that change being inflated over time. Exactly. And it doesn't mean to discount big changes, right? In other words, if you stick the $5 cup of coffee every day, but then you make a big mistake on your mortgage and you, you, know, you get some kind of APR that jacks you, you know, adjustable rate or um, adjustable rate mortgage arm that jacks up to 10% interest, right? That mistake is going to cost you way more than the $5 of of coffee. So it doesn't mean that you don't need to still be careful about the big things. But it does go to show you that because of the way inflation works, small changes in your expenses, because like you said, we can't control inflation. But you can't control, in other words, if you are seeing massive inflation and you're able to take your expenses from $90,000 a year to $85,000 a year, you may sit there and say, ah, that's that's $5,000. That's nothing. Yeah, but that $5,000 inflated over 30 years is going to make a big impact on how long your money lasts. And now that you have to think of it, is is that $5,000 going to your savings, which means it's growing. It's growing, exactly. So, I mean, sometimes making that, we've seen in the financial plans. Oh, absolutely. You make a small change like that in your current expenses, and it has a huge impact on future expenses. Because that $5,000 is going to be $50,000 in 30 years. 
And so then it does become a large number. It becomes, yeah, a very large number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, there's, there's two sides to every coin. I mean, there's, I know there's one guy that I always read, and he says, don't sweat the small stuff. You know, it's the big stuff that's a killer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a balance. I mean, because obviously, I mean, if, if you want a cup of coffee or you want a, you know, a, a, a latte or whatever. It's, don't be miserable. Yeah, you can't be miserable and say, oh, I can't do it because I want to retire when I'm mm-hmm. 63 or 61. Or, I said the right? guy we read, you know. like, you know, he retired in his, thir- in his, at 40, right? But he spent his 20s eating Chef Boyardee exactly, cans yeah. and living in a 500-square-foot yeah. apartment we, we um, in be, Manhattan. It can't be a lot of fun. That doesn't sound very yeah, pleasant. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I, I always tell people you have to... You have to live for the day, mm-hmm. right? And yes, plan for plan for the future. But you can't be miserable today because you don't know what's coming in the future. So you must well. It's a balance. Live for today. Be cognizant exactly. of the fact that yes, you also may be living in the future, and you want to live just as well then as you do today. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's 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 also it's the habitual things versus the things you enjoy a few times a year. Exactly. In other words. The one time, you know, the once a month or once a week you get a $5 coffee is not going to kill you. Exactly. If you have a $5 coffee every single yeah. day. Yeah, it's like if you go out to eat, right? There's no reason you can't go out to eat and spend, you know, now it's like, two, what, $200? <laughs> Your family of four goes out to eat, right? Spend $200 going out to eat, right? We're not saying your financial advisors, you know, don't do that because it's 200 bucks a month and that's... But if you're spending, if you're going out to eat twice a week and spending four hundred dollars every week on going out, then you probably need to make a change. So in other words, it's the things we do habitually. Yeah. I mean, to relate it back to health, right? If you eat an Oreo cookie, if you buy a box of Oreos in the summer, and then eat it, is that going to suddenly you know destroy your health? No. If you eat Oreos, a box of Oreos every single week, your health is probably going to suffer. In other words, what you do habitually. Matt has a stronger impact than Absolutely. what you may do every once in a exactly. while. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's those it's those little things. It's, it's it's that you have to step back and say, wait a minute. So I'm, I get up in the morning. I go and I buy myself a bagel and a coffee every day. Well, maybe I should buy the bagels in the store and coffee and make it home. And I guarantee you that over time you say that's just a big savings, right? And and maybe you enjoy it at home as opposed to just boom going out and yeah. buying it somewhere, right? And maybe not. But then, you know, again, everybody's different. But you know, those are the little things that sometimes you say, "Will that impact me mm-hmm. in the future?" You know, and and that's what we do. We say yes, no. You know, here's other things that you can do. Exactly. That's important. Exactly. Particularly in tight times, right? In tight times, yeah. if if it's being funded by credit cards, you really need to especially, pay attention especially. to the to the impact of the, of yeah. what you're spending. Yeah. That's a big. That's a big problem. The credit card is a big problem, and people tapping into their, um, their savings. You know, the savings is a big problem. Buy now, pay later. Yeah, yeah. Starting so. to hit people. So, yeah, a lot to think about. But I think you know, hopefully, we've helped a couple people out with you know, yeah. just some tips, things to think about, things to ask your financial advisor about or your accountant. Be surprised how many people don't ask their CPAs. Hey, yeah, can, I put, I, can, can I, I put five thousand yeah. dollars into a Absolutely. Roth before April fifteenth? Yeah. You know, just a lot of times, if you have a good CPA, they'll mention it. But a lot of times, you know, your basic tax preparers yeah, are not going to be saying, hey, have you thought about, uh, especially this time of year, right? They're so swamped. They're not, your tax preparer is not going to be like, hey, have you thought about $25,000 into a Roth? $2,000 by putting $7,000 in IRA. Yeah. yeah they're not, yeah, they're not so, running those numbers. But you can ask them yeah. and say, hey, what happens if I put $7,000 in my IRA before April 15th? 
Yeah. And then and then they'll tell you. Yeah. So there you go. There you have it. Little tips. Little little tips. Uh, Wellness tips. tips to stay what to stay, stay well, financially well. Financially well. well. <laughs> Healthy, financially healthy. Exactly, exactly. So it's been a great show. Uh, got uh, another great Nets. Fans, speeding to wellness, Nets reached Nets purely coincidental, I promise. Uh, <laughs> Shannon Miller from 360 Health and Wellness. Okay. So the wellness theme shall continue. So we went from uh, from wellness, wellness in January on finances into wellness for your body for in your February. For your body in February. Which is good because you know how many people come <clears throat> start the new year and it's like, I need to exercise, I need to diet, I need over, to lose weight, whatever. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to, to remind them. You know, it doesn't have to be difficult. You know, you don't have to make your life mm-hmm. miserable by going on a diet. And you don't and have to, to fix lose. it all in one month. You know, exactly. It's, it's a, little by little, you need to change some of your habits and you see over time how, you know, you improve your quality of life. Exactly. This has been a great show. Yeah. Love being on here with you. Same it's here. Always, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, really. I really appreciate everyone that uh, reached out, commented today. Kevin Higgins, thank you very much. Uh, Vanessa Parto, thanks so much for, for your comment. Uh, Linda Lentner, thanks so much for your comment. Really appreciate them all. Thanks, everyone, who, who tuned in. Especially, we had some people, I mean, uh, Rosalia Tordaro from... Uh, New York, tuning in, or Miami, one or the other. Garcia uh, Serrata <laughs> from Spain, muchas gracias. Monica Miller from Montana. So we had the whole, the whole distance. A uh, whole globe watching. A whole globe watching. <laughs> so really appreciate uh, everyone who tuned in. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you, Judah, behind the camera, always making us look good. Thank you, Emergent Financial Services, Castle Hill Cider, Matias Yon Realty Credit, Serious Insurance. Uh, we look forward to seeing everyone next week. Absolutely. Uh, stay, stay warm. Hopefully we still get some sunny weather in the interim. But until that time, as we like to close it out on the show, hasta mañana. <laughs>